you know, that led me into the rabbit hole of porn, of lusting, which I never thought in my life, being brought up the way I was brought up, I would ever have to go through. But it just takes something like that. It takes little things adding up. Um, and so I hit that breaking point. And so there was there was a point there for for about a year. I, I, I kept it to myself about a year, year and a half, kept it to myself and really was reserved about it. Then didn't, didn't really open up to anybody and just wasn't wasn't listening to God. He was always there, but I wasn't I wasn't listening to him. I'm Joseph Houston, and most people probably know me by my stage name, Don Rivko. I make music. I'm a Latin hip-hop, rap, reggaeton artist, whatever you want to call it. I was born to American parents, and I was born and raised in Honduras for the first 10 years of my life. I'm a Honduran American. I'm here in Mississippi now. I've been here for the last about 10, 11 years, and just a faithful follower of Christ, pursuing his calling in my life to to use music to glorify Him and to reach people who are just lost, who don't know Jesus Christ. And being in, in the world, to be able to be that salt, that light that people need, that example that people need so that they can come to Christ. Could you tell us a little bit more about like your parents, um, their call and, and how they got to Honduras and just a little bit more about their background? Yeah, so my parents, they're both originally from here, from Starkville, Mississippi. And so when they met each other, um, it wasn't it wasn't too too long after that they got they got married and they were serving together. They were they were just involved in a lot of different ministries. The first trip I believe that they took outside of the country, they went to Belize for two years. Um and this is after they just they just got married. They felt to go out there to Belize to serve. And then after that, after being there for two years, they felt God calling them to go to Honduras and to actually stay there, to actually raise raise a family there. Um, and so they ended up staying there for 21 years and they were they were a part of YOM, serving all the people in Honduras and, and more than anything, being a part of those people, being a part of that culture. And that's what me and all my older brothers, that's what we're all immersed in all immersed into um, is really a beautiful thing and super grateful for that. God put that in there for a reason, of course. There was definitely a purpose he had in calling them to Honduras. Yeah. How was your experience in Honduras? What was that like for you experiencing that, seeing that experience in the culture, ex seeing them serve in that way? The first word right now that comes to my mind when you say that is it was a blessing. God really shaped us as a family during that time. We learned a lot of things. I have a just a wider perspective on things and how, you know, different cultures work, how it is here, how it is there, Latin American cultures. And um, I've just been able to get a lot more of an understanding, more of a, a feel for that. And also being born and raised there, I was raised into and immersed into that culture. I mean, I was proud to be Honduran. That's, I didn't think anything of my, obviously, pretty white skin tone, you know? I didn't think much of it. Our parents raised us right, in which we were a part of that people. We were a part of the Honduran community. And so it was a blessing just being born and raised there. And I think it really just has allowed me to to listen to God in a, in a different way. Um, it's, it's really shaped and molded me though to, to where I am today. Mm. To, uh, tell me about your like relationship with God. Usually when people grow up in the church, 
there's different experiences that come out of that. I think different experiences, period. What was your experience with Jesus? Like, when do you first recall really starting to build this relationship with him or even thinking to yourself, man, I really want to serve mm-hmm. him? So first and foremost, God definitely used my parents in the beginning of my of me accepting Christ into my life and taking that step. When was that, by the way? Seven years old. Nice. Constantly in my house, I mean, and everything we did outside of the house, you know, there was there was purpose behind it. There was a mission behind it. God was always the focus. God was always the center mm. of everything that we did. And sure enough, I mean, that's exactly why my parents were, were there to begin with. So I accepted Christ at seven, and then comes about, I'm about 10 years old, and we, at, and this is in 2010, so we end up moving to here, to here, to Starkville, Mississippi, where my parents originally are from, to take care of my grandparents. They're getting a little bit older in age. And so, you know, my family is really feeling called by God to go back mm. and to be able to be there for, for my grandparents right. during, um, during that time. And that's where a lot of things just changed. I mean, as you would expect, I definitely felt more Honduran than American in a lot of ways, which explains why when I came here, it was a big culture shock. Just, just in a lot of different ways. There's, we were, we were in the in the capital of Honduras, Tegucigalpa, mm. and so you know, go from being in a city with a million people, capital of a country, to Starkville, Mississippi, a very small town, twenty five thousand people, and you know, American culture is just very different. And not something I was I was raised into as much, and so it was a big cultural shock. Just the whole the whole experience was different. School was different, church was different, and just just everything in general, you know. Because I was used to only speaking English at the house. Mm. Everywhere outside the house, it was or when or when we had people, when we had friends, and a lot of people who were friends were basically family. When we had them over at the house, it was Spanish, you know. Everything outside of me speaking English with my family, it was all Spanish. And so it's definitely, I think more than anything, it was a big cultural shock. And that's where I began to, you know, at, at that age, I mean, you're, you're 11, 12, middle school comes up and I was starting to be introduced to, to just a lot of different things. So um, peer pressure, definitely being one of them was a, was a big struggle for me in, in middle school during that time. I go from that and then going into high school that's where like sexual temptation is rampant for me at least that was the experience that's where things really really got difficult for me and then that's when it comes to 10th grade i i was i was interested in this girl and you know we started talking we we had obvious feelings for each other and now i knew she wasn't a christian Mm. you know um and this is definitely god god was telling me that and i wasn't I wasn't listening. I was thinking, look, I can solve this. We can be in a relationship together, love each other, and I can lead her to Christ in that relationship. Guys, don't ever do that. Don't ever do that. Um, that is the last thing you should ever do. Don't ever do that. And I really, there were a lot of consequences that came from that. From that specific, I feel like that was a turning point in my life. Mm. From that specific point, because it was after that, it fell through, um, didn't work out. And I, I felt all this pain, all this hurt inside, and all this anger 
that was just built up within me. And, you know, I thought to myself, I can't, I can't trust any women. I can't, I can't trust them. I don't know why, you know, having, having all those kind of, kind of thoughts that led me into, into then having this, this wrong portrayal, this wrong view of women, of women who are made in the image of God, mm-hmm. as we are all made in the image of God. And, you know, that led me into the rabbit hole of porn, of lusting, which I never thought in my life, being brought up the way I was brought up, I would ever have to go through, you know? But it just takes something like that. It takes little things adding up. Um, and so I hit that breaking point. And so there was there was a point there for for about a year, I, I, I kept it to myself, about a year, year and a half, kept it to myself and really was reserved about it, didn't, didn't really open up to anybody and just wasn't wasn't listening to God. He was always there, but I wasn't I wasn't listening to him. And so God, because God is good, he in 11th grade, there was an exchange student that came from from Mexico. We met in Spanish class, ironically, out of all places. We we got to know each other, um, became really good friends throughout throughout that year. She was only there for a year. Um, And then finally, prom night came. There's a whole story to it. But end of the day, we ended up going together. And uh, it was definitely that whole thing was orchestrated by God. Uh, And it was that night I just stopped in my tracks for a little bit. And God just spoke to me. And for the first time, I finally I listened. And he was just telling me he he was really speaking through this girl who's now my girlfriend. We've been together for more than three years now. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank God. And so I, I finally listened to God and I was convicted. I was like, I've been doing this this whole time. I've been. I've been sinning, I've been I've been messing up, I've been I've been keeping it to myself and not just hurting myself. I've been more than anything, it hurts God mm. to see people sinning like that and to go go against his word like that because he loves us. He doesn't, he doesn't want to see that. That really convicted me and not only was I hurting him, not only was I hurting myself, I was hurting other people. When you when you develop those those worldly views like that that aren't focused, aren't centered on God, aren't centered on his word, aren't centered on the biblical truths, the biblical principles, it doesn't just affect you. It affects everybody. Yeah. And there's countless ways that it could affect everybody. And so God just stopped me in my tracks, convicted me. I finally felt that conviction. And I told God, I want to change. I want to give this all to you. It's it's crazy. I mean, God got to use that one person in my life to just to speak to me, mm-hmm. just to speak to me because he, he loves me. He didn't want to see me in that spot. Um, and thank God I was able to get out and he showed me that I, I asked for forgiveness. I begged for forgiveness from him and, and God is good. God's grace. We, we don't deserve his mercy. We don't deserve his love yet. What did he do? He sent Jesus, his one and only son, to die for all of our sins, for every single one of us. And um, so it was it was after that that God really God really spoke to me. I really turned those things around and I was able to just I had this passion in me to just speak with people, to talk with people about about these struggles, about sexual temptation, because it's something that I believe that in the church 
especially in the church, which out of all places, this should be the last last place where this is a problem. We don't open up about those things. Right. It's a big struggle in a lot of these churches. And there are so many people dealing with these sexual temptations and these sexual desires right. and who, who haven't turned that over to God, who haven't surrendered that to God. Mm. You know, and I was in that position. Yeah, man, it just gave me this passion. Like I wanted to talk to people. And the more I talked with people about this, opened up about my own testimony, I opened up about how I struggled with this and how God brought me out of it. Every single time I brought that up, there's always somebody that's like, man, I've been struggling with that too. Yeah, that's, I've been a, struggling with that's a silent killer for sure. Super silent killer. How did you, how did you, I want to, I want to switch gears really quick because you have, um, you have a big platform that the Lord has given you to be able to speak through. And I believe you do a very good job um, at using that platform. Uh, when it comes to your music, how, how, how did you end up there? How did, how did you get to that point where you're making music? You're not necessarily a Christian artist, quote unquote. Mm. What I like to say is you just make good music and you love Jesus. But you mentioned at the start that you are fully representing him and you want to reach people. Um, how did that come about? That's mm. a powerful testimony. So I would love for you to share that. Yeah. So really backtracking all the way to my parents. I mean, I was really born into a musical family. Everybody in my, in my family played some kind of instrument, loved music. Everybody in our family loves music. And so I was just kind of raised into that. I was born and raised into that. Music had always been really my number one passion. I've, I've loved it with, I mean, the people who really know me really know how crazy and passionate I am about music. Um, I can talk about it all day, do it all day, it doesn't matter. But God has really done a lot. He's really spoken to, to me a lot through, through music. And it, it really all started when I was, there was a month, I was about 12 years old when this happened. There was, there was a month where I just, every single night, I was just praying and praying and praying to God. I really felt like he was calling me to do music, you know, in the years to come. And, but I wanted to be sure. And I wanted to really know God, like, is this your voice? Is this you telling me this? Is this the calling you want me to pursue? And is this what you want me to glorify you with? And so after a month of, of just constantly praying every single night, finally, he, he just told me, Yes, and it's going to be a little bit different because I want you to reach a completely different audience. Mm. And that's where he left it at. I didn't quite know what to make of it, of course, um, but I, I remember that loud and clearly. And so fast forward, you know, through the years, through four, four or five years after, you know, I'm making music, posting it on good old SoundCloud and, you know, doing the typical thing. And at this point, I'm making all this music in English. Finally, come I'm about 18 years old. I'm, I'm about to graduate high school. I put out my first official album. And this is still all music in English. But that was, I think, a pivotal moment for me uh, with, with everything with music, with that calling that God put in my life. Because of, there was one specific experience that I had when I put out um, my first album and you know I just gave it to God I was like God I don't know what's gonna happen with this you know maybe nobody's gonna hear this stuff you know it's it's all in your hands you do your will with this 
I just want to glorify you with it. And so I remember there was there's one friend I have. We were really good friends. He's a very he's a very shy guy. He's, he's about two years younger than me. And so I put that out. He was uh we did a little release album release concert. Did that and the day after he texted me and he was like, Man, I really I really need to talk to you about something. You know, and this is new coming from somebody who just he wasn't really open at all. Um and so anyways uh, we meet up, hang out, and just talk, and he really just gives me his whole testimony about he'd have been struggling with sexual temptation, much like myself. You know, he'd have been struggling with porn, he'd been struggling with lust, and there was a song, the, the song is called Find My Way, it was the second track on that album, and he said when he heard that for the first time, he just burst into tears, and he, God just did something, mm. you know? And to hear that, because that in the end, in, in the end of it all, all I want for my music to do, even if it just impacts one person, I just wanted to to turn somebody to God, to be able to make them realize, hey, I'm not living how I should. Right. I'm not following Christ how I should. And for some people, in their case, I I don't know Christ. I haven't accepted Him in my life. Mm-hmm. That's ultimately. It doesn't matter if that you know if. God uses me to impact a million people or one person. Mm. Nonetheless, it all gives glory to him. And that was very much, he, he really showed me that in the testimony of my friend. He shared that with me. And ever since, man, he has been on fire for God. Um, you know, we've kept up with each other. And um, God has just been faithful. And he, he's, he's made that evident in um, my friend's life. But that was a surreal experience that really kind of put this whole music thing in perspective for me mm-hmm. you know like this is bigger than just this ain't just some songs i'm putting out like people are like having a little fun with it like there's nothing wrong with that but in the grand scheme of things in the big picture this is what it's about mm. this is what it's about this brings glory to god and so that was a whole that was a whole um thing that really really shifted my perspective and was kind of a pivotal point for me in music and then when we went to Belize, it was so this is just really about a month or two after this experience. So we went to Belize and I was the translator for the group of us that went. And so I helped translate with everything. So when we were there our last night, we we got together in this big this big circle, just the whole group. And we were also serving alongside some of the local Belizeans there and so i made really good friends with two two of them there um this was they were a part of the praying pelican ministry and so finally what what we were doing that night we had three seniors on the trip so i was one of them so we were just going um each senior what one would be in the middle of the circle and we would just go around talk about something that god had really put on our heart about about that person or something that we admire about that person something that person has showed us how they've been an example um, anything like that. And so finally, when it comes around to me being in the middle of the circle, my, my two friends, the, the two local Belizeans that were helping us out, they get to me and they start talking to me in Spanish. So no one else, this is really just between me and them. No one else is understanding what's being said. Basically what they're saying, um, they said, I would look, we've been praying about this and we really feel that God is calling you into the latin community that god is going to use your music 
in the Latin community to impact that community. And not only in the Latin community, but especially in the Honduran community. And when I heard that, it was, it was a mind blower because I'm still doing English music at this point, not even thinking about doing Spanish music, you know? And so it was crazy to hear that. But it's crazy because then that same year, later, later into that year in September, I released my first official Spanish single, which was called El Coche. And God opened up millions of doors. It was crazy. I put it out, you know, thinking to myself, I know people probably aren't going to like it. I know it's probably not going to go anywhere. It is what it is. I'm just going to do it. It's whatever. If it flops, it flops. And God was like, nope, just watch what I'm about to do with this. And it opened so many doors. This was essentially God showing me like, this is what I want you to do. This is where I want you. So I drop a few more Spanish singles. I'm able to make a lot of connections. That's how I get connected with Cardic, Cardic Drums, who later on ends up signing me to the No Apologies music label. And so I go through that year. God opens up many more doors. I'm able to go to Miami to, to perform alongside Social Club and What Up RG, Tommy Royale, and continues to open doors. Finally, I get signed in December of 2020. And the very next month, uh, in the beginning of 2021, I released my first single under No Apologies, which was called Catracho. I wasn't expecting that much out of it, right? But man got open doors of course like he always does and so many hondurans out of nowhere just showed up listened to this video it was going all over the place even on tiktok stuff like that i wasn't even doing any of this this was this was all god it, it gets in the hands of um people like jorge cordero and and ana alvarado who's who's known as lipstick fables so two very big influencers in honduras some of the biggest ones and so I'm able to start making these kind of connections. And, and when you really look at it, you're realizing, hold on, there's, these aren't really like Christian connects or like anything like that. But it's crazy because God was using the song and he was reaching people who don't necessarily know him, people who don't have a relationship with Christ, you know, and he was using my music to reach that audience and just connect that back to the prayer. To, to, to all the prayers I prayed when I was 12 and finally received that calling from God, that confirmation, saying that he was going to use my music to glorify him, mm. but that he was going to reach a different audience. Up to this point, I had no idea what he meant. Fast forward eight years later, eight, nine years later, and here we are, and it's very evident to me that what he wants me to do to glorify him with my music is to reach an audience that is completely lost, an audience that does not know Jesus Christ, an audience that has not accepted Jesus Christ into their lives. And, and so it's a, it's, a, it's a tricky calling, you know. God doesn't call us into doing things that are just comfortable and easy, obviously. And so there's plenty of tests that come along the way and everything. But man, God has been faithful and He's shown me a lot through this process, especially in just being patient, knowing that if he has promised something, he will fulfill that promise. Yeah. Uh, just, just as we see with, for example, with Abraham and Sarah, with saying that through him, you know, he would be the father of many nations, right. and then Sarah would would have a baby. 
which was very, very, it seemed impossible uh, at her age. And then all of a sudden, though, you know, God fulfilled that promise. It doesn't matter what things look like. If God has made a promise, he will not turn back on that promise. He will not go back on his word. Like yeah. God will stay true to that. Um, and so I have been a witness of that in my life, in my testimony. And God continues to move, you know, God continues to move. So um, that that's why now I'm at a point where I know like God has not called me to do Christian music per se, hmm. quote unquote Christian music. But to be able to just make creative, dope music that have all of these biblical principles behind them, all these morals, to where whenever you, everything you see me, that, that you hear me say in these songs, that you hear me share in these songs, you can't say, you know, in the end of it all, it doesn't glorify Christ. Mm. And if anything, just plant that, that seed just get something to move within the hearts of those people who don't know Christ yet. Yeah. Us being the first, you know, sometimes uh, I think one thing that has stuck with me in all of this is, is to remember you might be the only Bible that people will read. There might not be anyone else in their life that's, you know, that is being that light that is following Christ and really being a light to them and being in the world, but not of the world. And so, really remember that like you might be the only light in their life mm. and so take advantage of that don't be scared but yeah man it's been it's been crazy god is just so much like so many so many doors opening and so many just so much confirmation yeah god just showing me like don't doubt me you know mm. don't doubt me if i have promised you something I will not go back on that promise. I will fulfill that promise. And the most important thing at the end of it all is that it all is done to glorify him yeah. to the max, to the fullest. Joseph, looking back at your 21 years, mm -hmm. 21 years of life, what can you say Jesus has done in your life up to today? He has saved me. He has shown me that even though I'm not, deserving just like anyone else i'm not deserving of his love of his unconditional love his mercy his grace his forgiveness i'm not worthy of any of it but in jesus name he has made me worthy in jesus name and so just remembering who i am remembering that my identity is not found in anything of this world it is not found and in, in my gifts it is not found in what i can do it is not found in what and what people say, what people think about me, it is found solely in Jesus Christ. Um, and so, yeah, that, that and then God has just showed me the importance of obedience, of being obedient to all those, those callings that he's given us in our lives. And, to, and that through obedience to him, there are, there are blessings that come from that. God, God blesses us for for our obedience um but man like i don't know how to make it sound cool or anything but the most important thing for me is just like i just want to glorify christ yeah that's the number one thing and everything that i do it doesn't matter what it is it doesn't matter if it's me being on the in coachella or at the grammys or something like that or me working at my job right now which i'm at just just, just being a custodian just small things like that it doesn't matter if it's small or big or whatever man to just be have the privilege to be able to glorify christ through everything that we do that is the 
most important thing to me and I'm just passionate about it. That's that's what it's all about. You know? Come on. Any last words to the people who are watching your testimony right now? We're all in different walks of life. We're all in different seasons of life. Some of us, you know, we, we could be anywhere. So, some of you might be struggling with a certain addiction, might be struggling with drugs, might be struggling with sexual sin, as in my personal testimony, I did. Um, you might be struggling with gossiping. You might be struggling with just not viewing people the right way or just being being angry or, 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 or letting anxiety control you. Give it all to God. It doesn't, it's never too late, you know? It's never too late. Maybe you've been ignoring God for the past 20 years. Maybe you've been ignoring him for who knows how long. God has not told you, all right, that's it. I'm done with you. You're on your own. There's nothing that can save you anymore. God is there. God is present. He has not abandoned you. He is waiting for you to, to go to him. He is waiting with open arms. And it's just a matter of surrendering your life to him, surrendering whatever struggle it is that you're struggling with right now. So just go to him. Just go to him and know that whatever it is that you're having struggles with, that you're having problems with surrendering, it's not worth it. Just give it to him. Just give it to him and he will take away those burdens. He will guide you. He will love you. He will show you what, what your true meaning, your true purpose in this life is. Ultimately, everything you do to glorify Christ. And that's, that's about it, man.